0: Okay, because we're just diving into this We'll we'll do an intro at some point You know, hello, welcome to We Are Not Wizards My name's Richard, I'll be your host for this evening You join us just in the middle of a stunning revelation (laughs) (laughs) One of, one of, um, uh, the designer's designer (laughs) Um, A gentleman by the name of Rostan You might know him better as uh, Rostan Hackinson he has done, he's been involved in things like Nations, Nations the Dice Game, Tribes, Dungeon Rush, Warhammer Age of Sigmar. He was, you know, he's involved in a little bit of that. He might know him best for... Not actually for...
1: The, the game Warhammer Age of Sigmar. It's a board game based on that. Uh, otherwise, uh, you might confuse people that I'm a miniatures games designer. No, no.
0: <clears throat> We're getting right. Well, people might be confused when they think about City Skylines and then say oh did he design video does he do video games as well which is clearly not the case <laughs> yeah okay back to we'll put the board games to one side because that's not important right tell us how you're actually one of the one of the best game designers and um, well known game designers is actually scottish because <laughs> <laughs> this, this is a win tell tell us how you're actually scottish
1: so, uh, the, the clan that I'm yes. part of is uh, Thurban McPhee and uh, th- there was actually a, a group uh, from the clan who moved to Sweden about a hundred years ago and we have a very active Swedish part of the clan.
0: That's amazing. Is that, is that why there's the kind of the, stu- the slight redness in the in the beard? Is that? I don't
1: know. I have not investigated that in detail.
0: <laughs> I'm <laughs> claiming that he's one of ours. He's gonna He's good. His name. <laughs> his name's actually now Russell. That's what you, <laughs> we're going to call you, Russell. <laughs>
1: um. There is an island called Colonsay to the west of Scotland that is the yes. traditional home of yes. the clan.
0: I'm aware of that. I'm aware. I used to, in um, a long time ago. I used to, um, I used to sell kilts, so I used to get American people coming in into the shop and say, "No, my name's this. Can you tell us what tartan we are? What family we are?" We I mean, used to get ridiculous kind of people coming from all different types of places, and it was always the case you just you ended up, you know, they would, and once they found out, you know, if they were a member of the Fraser clan or you know the McDonald clan, they would just buy anything with the name on it so sometimes when they came in and they gave you a silly name you sometimes maybe kind of made up what clan they were (laughs) part (laughs) of so they would just go ahead and kind of buy lots of tartan stuff
1: Okay, yeah I've not, not been to Colonsay yet I would love to go there sometime Do you have your own kilt or is it just your dad no, that has I, kilt? No, I don't have a kilt on my own My dad has
0: <laughs> Are you going to get one?
1: Maybe Maybe if I go there <laughs> If I go, <laughs> you if, if you, you show to. me the shop where, where people can <laughs> yeah. convince me to buy anything oh, well, <laughs>
0: I, can, you know, I can certainly do that, I've got contacts You can get you a good, get you a good price We'll get you sorted out It'll be fine You'll be going Perfect. around calling everybody laddie and everything like that by, <laughs> by the end of today. Um, <clears throat> joking aside, thank you very, very much for agreeing to come on the show. I'm sure you're delighted. <laughs> thank you
1: for having me. You're,
0: deli- you're delighted. Uh, I, now. I think
1: we're going to talk about board games at some point, but uh, uh, yeah, they're n- important business first.
0: That por- yeah. I mean, you know, to find a brother from another mother. <laughs> You know, it's such as a good day. It's a good, you know. It doesn't matter. I've got to go and speak to some Americans later on. They'll all claim to be Scottish. You, you're the real deal, though. This makes me very, very this makes me very, very happy indeed. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, um, you're you're prolific, but you're also one of these um, <clears throat> board game designers who. You seem to churn, churn out very, very high quality kind of products. Thank you. Are you are you are you quite picky with the kind of projects that you take on, or are you quite picky with the kind of the designs that you decide to commit yourself to and see through to the end, or are you constantly kind of creating something?
1: Well, I try to not work on more than ten projects at a time. So, li- li- limit myself that way. Uh, but okay. uh, the amount of games that are published compared mm. to the amount of games that I work on at all, uh, the, mm. the, 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 the number that is published is very, very small. Uh, there are many games that get yeah, scram- uh, dis- mm, abandoned because I yes. don't think they are good enough. And really? uh, they, they need to go through many levels of of approval first by me myself and right. because I, I I do this full time so uh, my test groups are extremely important I don't want to show them anything that is not as good as I can do it before right. actually showing it to them so I, I my my first filter is myself I do solo testing and try to make sure that what I show my test groups is actually good f- on some level for some reason that there is something that is really interesting in them and uh, then what I get to what I show to publishers uh, is of course another very major milestone for a prototype. And uh, all sorts of things can happen, like in in Essen last year, uh, a couple of yes. months ago. There was one prototype that I thought with, uh, the, the, it was fantastic, and it had done really well with uh, every group that I tested with. But then uh, the the publisher that I showed it to said, "Yes, this looks very good." But then they found yeah. out that they, it was uh, quite similar to a twenty year old design. That oh. is, Yeah, it's not exactly the same, but it's close enough that it's not reasonable to publish it because it would look like too much was copied from it. And that's another level. It needs to wow. be unique. It needs to stand out. And if I had researched as well as I could and tried to find, is does this exist already? And no, I could not find it. But... I searched in the wrong way and uh, someone at the publisher could find that, oh yeah, this this is kinda similar to this game that already exists and Yeah. Stuff stuff like that can happen.
0: Does that does that I mean, because it's there are so many games that are released. I mm. mean, you know, SN there's like a couple of thousands of games that they'd be released. And I've always seen the argument about board games is that it's it's all it's very, very difficult to you can't patent or copyright a mechanic. You know, you can I think some, some of the bigger companies, like um Wizards of the Coast, they they kinda they kind of copyright the name for a mechanic, so you can't use tapping as a mechanic elsewhere but you know the mechanic itself is kind of spread out does that mean with so many games being out there do you think it's more and more difficult to create something that people would say are unique
1: yes of course and it's more difficult and it's more difficult to stand out in the market but Uh there is really no legal limit for that publisher to publish the game that i did it Uh just that it it, it's better for everyone to release games that are uh, more new and stand out more. It's it's better. You don't want to be seen as a copycat as a publisher. And uh, for for a new small publisher that is a smaller issue. For a bigger publisher, it's a bigger issue. So you yeah. You want to check as well as you can, uh, does this exist already? And if you have the choice between two equally good games, that Mm -hmm. one is more new and the other is more similar to an existing game, then I guess all publishers will choose a game that is more unique and easier, more um, really new and different from everything that existed before. And uh, there are so many prototypes around. That it's not really a problem for publishers to find something to publish. Yeah. And, uh, it's just a, if you find something that is too close, then most publishers will choose to not publish that one.
0: Yeah, because in, in many ways, um, the kind of the, the board game market seems to be more divided. You get the Kickstarter board game, mm-hmm. which is generally almost to the point of absolute completion. Whereas I know of people who are just who are on the the, kind of the they're into the published market and for them to have like a board game develop, they don't really need to go to having it fully finished or fully presented, as long as the mechanics are there, as long as the idea is portrayed well enough. Then a publisher a publisher, let's face it, nine times out of ten if you go along with fully produced art they're likely to say, well, I'm gonna change the art anyway. I'm gonna bring in an artist. I want to change the cards. They're gonna kinda of change the components, which makes things kind of kind of interesting. Have you um <clears throat> you mentioned that example of having to to scrap the one you took to to Essen. Do you think that becomes it, does that mean you've got to keep an eye on kind of what's out there constantly because because developing a game, it's not just a Two month process. I mean, it can be anything from, you know, eight months to three or four years, depending on how long you've had it. How do you Or have six to years be- for nations. <coughs> well, I I didn't want to to say what what were you doing during that time. I mean, goodness sake. Um, <clears throat> but no, at the same time, do you have to keep your ear to the ground to know what kind of like the current trends are. Are you almost kind of there having are some, to second guess? Parts to this. Yeah. yeah. The,
1: the, One part is uh, as a professional in the business, you need to know about the most important releases that are coming out as they are coming out because Mm -hmm. you will discuss them with publishers and you need to know about specific parts and during Mm -hmm. development publishers will ask you how about something similar to this from that game. And if you know about most of the things then it's fine but you, you don't need to know about exactly everything and you can check it up but the yeah. d- discussions will be hard it will be slow and you will not really be a professional if you have no idea about any of the most important games that have been released okay and that is one level another level is when i'm starting on a project i try to research it in a efficient manner as possible because if i spend a lot of time researching. Uh, I, I don't spend that time on developing or working on other parts, but I so I, I want to put a reasonable effort into sh- checking, does something similar to this exist? And if it's really mm-hmm. easy to find it, I would be stupid to show it to a publisher uh, because, yeah, okay, they, they search for two or three minutes and then find something that is the same thing. The yeah, same yeah, core concept, yeah. and then I've just been stupid to spend all my time on on that product. And the further the product goes, the more I will try to find: does this already exist? But it is different from the other conversation about keeping up with new things and the new releases that are coming out. They, are, I want to look at them to see where, where is the market headed, where yes. what what is getting, grabbing interest in, in, in from from gamers and what. New cool toys or people inventing, because as you said before, the the tools spread. You you will be able to reuse the tools that others come up with, and yes. the bigger toolbox you have, the better to tell the story and to provide the experience that you want. But for me, the focus is not on the uh, mechanics of a game. I want to have a core concept, a core idea of what is the experience I want to provide here, and what is the best well way to provide that experience and what tools can i use from everything that i know about and what can i invent to really match this in the best way like for city skylines it was a new type of game in some ways in that it is a cooperative city building game that is more of a sandbox style experience And that was done to match the computer game as closely as possible. And as far as I'm aware, nothing really close to that experience existed before. And uh, I've been asked before, like, this is so strange. I I, I play this and it does not behave as I I expect. And it it takes a bit of time to get used to because it's not what you think it will be. And, uh, for some, it's good. For some, it's bad. F- many people want something that is similar to what they already know just in a new package. And that is a big part of what all, of all new published games is mostly uh, a rehash, a, mi- a mix, remixing of already known ideas in a specific theme in a specific setting in a in a way that provides a new experience but using mm. traditional means that people are mostly used to and it's easier to design uh, design games for that audience when, when you know when you have a brand when you have an yeah. audience that knows what to exist and they will get exactly what they expect yes yes uh, the, then the, the learning curve is not that great. Uh, it's just, okay, let's get into this. Depending on uh, if you're if you making super heavy games, like Vital Lacerda, for example, then people know what <laughs> to expect from a Lacerda game. Uh, that, then you, uh, if you have a specific brand, it, it's easier to, you know this is what I'm doing. Lacerda uh, is doing lots of new things, but they are very, on the most complex level from the normal board game industry but um so I, I i don't want to say that he's doing a rear sh- because he's not is um so it was maybe a bad example but um when, when you do something that is more close to what people expect it, it is a lot easier i fail to build a brand for myself in that way i don't <laughs> do games that fit in the same genre uh, i do very fast games and I do heavy, ga- heavy games and I do uh, family style games and everything. I try to do all sorts of different projects that I like and because I will work on a game so much that it would be very stupid of me to work on games that I don't like. Mm-hmm.
0: So if I make
1: work on a games game that I would think that oh this is gonna sell well and be super popular but I am gonna hate it and then I spend 1000 hours, 2000 hours On working on that game I will have a miserable time So I I will not do that But
0: See with things like The roll and write game The genre that that's, that's come from That's come from like the Probably the beginning of last year And it's still going With them being a relatively Simple premise Are you tempted to Kind of produce a couple Just to kind of help ride that You know, ride that wave Because I know that um, There was a a raft of them Kind of came out I know that, um, I believe David Turtsey Recently produced like a A roll and write um, game as well Were you tempted at any point to say Hmm, this seems to be Catching fire A lot of people are really enjoying this Mechanic and this style of play Were you tempted to kind of jump in and say Oh, I'm going to make my version and see if I can get that published quite quickly or, or easily. Mm,
1: you can probably be seen that way, but it was not exactly how my thinking went. It's just that, yeah. oh, this is a new cool tool, and <laughs> I, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like to play these new games that are coming out, Um yeah. uh, especially Gunshun Clever was the trailblazer bla- for that. And when yes. I tried it, I thought, uh, "Oh, yeah, this is another way <laughs> of thinking about how what a board <laughs> game can be." Yes. And th- so so I started to experiment and think, oh, okay, so what would my interpretation of what a roll and write game how, how would that look? And I made several. The mm-hmm. different rolling and rights. And so far, only one has been published, the Hex Roller game yeah, with Frostin. Yeah. And it has j- just today, I received the, the um, uh, sample copies from it. So it, it's the, the expansion is printed and done and wow. j- just about to be released. So the uh, it, m- most. Most games do not get expansions, and the roller was successful enough to <laughs> finally get an uh, expansion. It, they were, it was hard for the publisher to find a, a printer to, to print the expansion uh, to a, in a cost-efficient way. So initially yeah. it was planned to be released at the end of summer uh, last year, but it, it took until now until they found a, a printer to produce it in, to a reasonable cost. But now it's done, and now people can stop complaining about uh, why (laughs) does the colors not matter on the dice. Uh, Uh, It is all because of the expansion. And the plan was that if the game sold well, the expansion would come out quickly. And yeah, the the game sold well, and the expansion was finished, and... It was just an issue about printing. But now, uh, for the expansion, the colors do matter. Uh, But the expansion is a bit more complex, so that is why uh, the colors were not used in the base game. So There are strange things that happen in board game production. But yeah, I I really like roll and write games. I, I like to play them and I like the format and setting things up very quickly. And I have a couple that I hope will uh, will be released um, within the two or three next years. So uh, that is not really riding the wave and be getting something out quickly if it's <laughs> released in a couple of years from now. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah. But that was my thing, because I'm aware that they take, you know, depending, because you could have something created, you could say, well, I've got the basis of this and you have it, Created and ready to go in like five or six weeks But if you take it to the publisher And the publisher could say Well, um, our diary is kind of booked up <laughs> For the next kind of 12 months And I can't even slot this in with a You know, with a different printer It has to be on this particular part Because And it could be unknown to you They've maybe already got Another and right That they don't want to bring kind of two out in kind yep. of in kind of quick succession, the, um, the,
1: the big publisher that I work the most with is Cosmos, and yes. uh, th- they have definite um, slots for what type of games they are going to publish at what point in the year. Mm-hmm. So, so they have specific box formats for specific audiences, and they are going mm-hmm. to release this and this and this for this half of the year, and this and this and this for this half of the year, of the year. And if they Find something that is better or more time um, limited and needs to come out in a, at a certain point. They will push other things to make space for that. So even if you have a spot and the game is going to be released, it might get pushed anyway later. And if you are unlucky, it can be pu- pushed for several years.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But how do you um? How do you stay excited? in the hobby. I mean you say you know this is something that you do full full time. So do you what's your work ethic like? Do you just say, okay, here's my bottles of water on one side, here's my snacks and fruit on the other, and you just lock yourself into a room and you don't come out until it's finished. Or are you do you kind of kind of jump do you kind of jump in, take a bite, jump out again?
1: I, I tried to be in crunch mode and it's super inefficient to right. r- need to finish something and be done in that way. Uh, especially the last spring, there was a game that I worked on in crunch mode for three years. Uh, no, wow. no, not three years, uh, three months, uh, last spring. <laughs> oh, <crap. laughs> Just um, it's too late. It's too late. I'm really uh, confused in my head. You no, know, it, it was uh, last spring. Three months I worked on it full time, really crunch mode, and wow. the, the um, publisher was really pushing for it. And mm-hmm. the uh, what I felt that I, I could not work on anything else because I needed to finish this game, and it, it was not fun at all, and it was not efficient. It was slow going. That my normal process is to have multiple projects that i change between and i juggle them so that i try to make sure that the projects are in different phases so i can switch from one that is in a a, a proofing stage and Uh work with other things that are more early stage or in development and stuff and this period last spring was really bad and at the end when i was done with my work and felt okay I'm, i'm really happy with it how it is now Uh, then the project was cancelled and that was not fun at all. So I needed to take a a bit of a break after that and make sure that no, I'm not going to work like this again because it was very very bad in uh, every way and it was not cancelled due to me at all. It was just that, okay, the project as it was had multiple stakeholders and one of them just pulled the plug. Wow. And it was completely unrelated, and it was extremely annoying. And uh, yeah, no, uh, <laughs> n- nothing to show for those three months of crunch mode plus all the work I did before on that project. Yeah, that was. I mean, you look you look
0: mode. extremely calm after you look extremely calm. Even telling me that you're not, you don't look angry or anything like that. <laughs>
1: Uh, I'm but, a probably a very typical Swedish person. I have a hard hard time to get angry. I I take everything <laughs> quite calmly.
0: Yeah, I noticed that. I mean, you will see. Because if you if you if you as as you discover your Scottish roots, <laughs> I'd expect you to just like flip tables, <laughs> go after people. You know that kind. Of, we're not all angry. We just get a little bit annoyed, kind of now, now and again. Um, what do you? What do you do to keep yourself inspired? What do you do to kind of re reinvigorate yourself? You mentioned obviously stay switching between projects, but do you also kind of actively take time away from designing at all? I mean do you like do art or are you an excellent cook or do you do martial arts or something like that in order to kind of keep yourself kind of fresh and stuff like
1: that? I do volleyball I have the height for volleyball. I over, oh, I'm, right. I'm more than two meters tall, so right, okay. I, I have a lot for free when I play volleyball. But no, <laughs> it, it, I'm not a, a super into martial arts. I, I tried uh, um, sword fighting and I, I'm just too afraid. I, I'm a super bad <laughs> Sc- Scotsman. I, I, I can't fight with a sword. I'm, when, when people are, are coming close to me with a with a blade, I'm, I'm getting afraid and backing up. So,
0: <laughs> I'd just like to point out that um in the film Braveheart, um Mel Gibson was Australian. Uh, so <laughs> you know, he was an angry Australian guy with an with a sword, um not an angry kind of sc- That was Highland. Even if you go to Highlander, that was Christoph Lambert. He wasn't Scottish either. So this whole thing about us being angry with swords. I, I wouldn't want to really be in trun- any
1: of those films anyway. Not
0: but. you know, Rob Roy that was played by Liam Neeson. He's 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 from Ireland. He's not Scottish either. So there's a little, <laughs> there's a little bit of a. So we need more Scot- Scottish
1: actors with swords to see yes. how they really behave.
0: Yeah. Yes, that's what that's what we that's what we need to be enough for. Um, the the areas that are
1: are easiest to go to mm. to get inspiration for me is uh, computer games and books like normal uh, fiction books. Mm-hmm. but uh, the computer games are very close in, in getting inspiration and uh, you can see that in in the city skylines but uh, the other uh, other games can really help to provide imagination as well and uh, if, if you compare playing a board game that someone else made and porting, uh, and using those tools directly it is going to be close in some way. But if you look at a computer game and think about, okay, this is a new cool thing that they have done in the computer game. How would I go about doing the same thing as a board game? It will translate and be different and it will not be um, just something that someone else came up with. It's more likely that you will do something new. And there are so many computer games coming out, even more than board games, and they are so easy to test so my my steam account is kind of full (laughs) i have a lot of (laughs) games that that i try and my normal operation normal way to play computer games is i play maybe 15 minutes half an hour until i think Mm. i have seen the major things that i have done and explored as much as i want to and then i feel like okay i understand this and i don't really enjoy playing through that much, but I test a lot of computer games and see what have they done here, and how is the um, how is the industry for computer games going forward, and uh, how can I think about this in board game terms. And then, once in a while, you come up on a, uh, a title that is very interesting, and then I, I played that a lot. Like, uh, one type of game that I really enjoy is the FTL, uh, Fast and the Light, Uh, and (laughs) it's very similar to board games in many ways, and uh, the uh, follow-up from from the same studio, Into the Breach, it's also very, very nice.
0: Into the Breach is on the Switch console, um, I think. Is Is it the isometric...
1: Yeah, kind but, of but I I only play on, on PC, on Steam, yeah. so uh, I, I played it on Steam, so it's definitely available for that. <laughs> um, but, and also, more recently, the um, oh, Slay the Spire. Uh, I know many oh, yeah, bo- yeah, boor, yeah, board yeah, game yeah, players yeah, really like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's yeah, a yeah. very interesting mix of card game and computer game, and uh, they are using lots of traditional board game tools in um, a different way and mm-hmm. I really mm-hmm. recommend any uh, anyone interested in in collectible not, not collectible but um, deck building games uh, even if they normally don't play uh, computer games to try that out because it's really well made
0: what's what's interesting about um, slay the spire is that there doesn't seem to be like a mobile phone Version of it, it's so in out. its in its place at the moment there are literally there's I've seen literally hundreds of clones mm. of a very very similar game and there's some very very um there's some very very good deck builder games on the mobile. I think um, one of them is a Mm-hmm. Oh, no, um, I'm not trying anything like that. Um, and you basically you're you're not kind of deck building, but you're pay, playing like a game of Solitaire. We are trying to get the numbers in ascending order to, in order to create effects, and it's really, really kind of good. It's really, really good fun, and I'm enjoying that. I'm enjoying that quite a bit. I'd love to see Slay the Spire because I, yes, while I've got my PC, I don't actively play my Steam, the Steam account. It is again, it's another game that for that is on the Nintendo Switch. I I saw an interview um,
1: with the designers and they said that they designed the game already from the start to be playable on a mobile. Wow. So they they are porting it and it's ongoing. I have no idea when it's going to be finished, but they have said in uh-huh. in an interview I saw that they are working on it.
0: That'd be cool because I'd love to I'd love to just play it because everybody both people I know that play video games and people I know that play a lot of card games talk about it, talk about it kind of all the time. Um, in terms of yourself, kind of, if you were to partner up with a developer designer, what would your ideal kind of dream team kind of be? Who would you most be... like to work with?
1: I've actually been talking to a couple of people about doing uh, collaborations, and the kind of work that I'm worst at is um, uh, writing story and mm-hmm. making really a, um, lo- lots of engaging words. <laughs> and that, that is <laughs> that that is not my strong suit. And uh, yeah. that that would be a good partnership for me. I uh, I'm good at writing making things clear i mm-hmm. really don't like when you need to constantly refer to the rule book and if you put away the game for a couple of months it's hard to get into again it, yeah. the the way the game works should s- support the rules and should help mm-hmm. you to remember the rules and the rules should be clear and intuitive after you've learned them sure they can be Weird at first, you see. Okay, the, why is this different from how it works in other games? Yeah, that, it, it, that's acceptable. But once you've seen that work in, uh, and done those moves a couple of times, they should stick. And the easier and faster the game is, then the more pronounced that should be. But uh, even for medium medium difficulty games then I like games where you don't need to refer to the rule book and like for for nations, people don't look at uh, look in the rules to find all the exceptions constantly because there are none. They, it should really be possible to play that without going through the rule book and for the first, couple of games there is a lot Mm -hmm. of learn and the learning curve is very long so a person who played it three times will always beat a person who played it for the first time if you don't use the difficulty system and the same thing a person who played it 10 times will always beat a person who played it three times and the same thing but in longer steps a person who played it 50 times will always beat someone who played it 10 times. There is a lot to learn and that's why we did the difficulty system. You should absolutely use it and I uh, I'm happy that um, people
0: seem to do it. Is there any companies that you would like to be published with? Is there any kind of companies that you would, if they turned up who'd be instantly you would say yes I want to work with you. If If they came along saw a game that you had designed and liked it, that you would instantly say, yes, please, I want to work with you?
1: I am established enough that if I go to a publisher and say, I think I have a game that I think would work well for you, then every single company that I've approached so far has said, absolutely, we want to look at it, let's discuss this. Uh, so, it, for new designers, it's very hard to get yeah. uh, get in touch with many publishers. But it, when you have a track record and it, people can see what you've done before, it's, at least right now, so far, for me, it seems to be quite easy to, to be able to get in touch. And the publishers that I've thought about that I would really like to work with, most of mm-hmm. them I have been in contact with one way or another and uh, it's hard to to <laughs> name any names because yeah, it might be about projects that are in development right now um, all right okay so i've so, kind to you but, can't but, say
0: anything in case no sorry sorry <laughs> oh come on <laughs> that's not fair um do you are you a person? Do you like to attend kind of like the exhibitions and the conferences? I mean, will you take a journey to like the UK Games Expo? Or... I was
1: at UK Games Expo last year.
0: Okay, are you going again? No, uh,
1: I um I try to visit different exhibi- exhibitions and mm-hmm. conventions, mm-hmm. and there are so many interesting ones that I like to go to. Like I was at Nuremberg last year. I am. Um, yeah. I was not there this weekend. And uh, I, I always go to Essen. I've gone to Essen 14 times in a row now. Wow. Uh, so that is the main place where you can meet almost everyone in the business. And yeah, as, yeah. as a full-time designer, you absolutely need to be there. So Essen is the one I go to, but otherwise I try to mix things up. I was in Göttingen in 2018. I wasn't there last year. I will probably not go there this year again. Uh, mm-hmm. This year I'm going to Nordcon, uh, a, a mainly computer game related conference in the northern part of, of Sweden. I'm going yeah. to to um, uh, have a um, yeah be, be on stage and do some stuff f- for them, especially with uh, re- regarding crossover computer games and board games and stuff. Wow! Uh, and uh, the, the it's it, it's nice to help. In everywhere I can for the local Swedish market because we are quite behind, even if we compare to our immediate neighbors. Uh, yeah, Finland is quite advanced compared to us, and Denmark is more um, towards being a, a good board game country as well. Sweden is backwards. We are <laughs> starting to change a bit, but uh, the mainstream market is so far behind. So yeah. the. Uh, the, the only industry award about a board, family board game of the year. They are so bad that they even awarded the same game twice with a slight reskin. Wow. Uh, a couple of years wow. later that okay they don't even know about the games that they award themselves so and uh, I, I should not really be talking too bad about it because one of the games <laughs> I, I it, it no. brought into the Swedish market won when I worked in distribution won that award as well and all right okay yeah okay. There, there was a massive sales boost or maybe a couple of thousand copies and yeah <laughs> it, 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 it's not it's not the same thing like if, if you win no. a um, uh, one of the family games awards in uh, or kids awards in finland it's in the tens of thousands of copies that you sell yeah. extra and in sweden it's a, a single digit a couple of thousand games it yeah, it, well, it doesn't mean, really help no no one cares about that that brand because it's it does not have a good track record and the 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 most of the games that are printed or or um, promoted for the mainstream audience here, it's still kind of bad. if you there's very 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 few games that are licensed from Swedish publishers into right. into other countries and very few games are, are licensed it's starting to increase especially with a couple of Finnish publishers that have started to to do that over the last 10 years. So it's getting better slowly. Uh, and more international titles are finding their ways to Sweden and but but mostly it's still in in hobbyist stores. If you go into a, a, a toy store, and yeah. then then the, the games there are really bad. If you go into a toy store in, in Germany, it's fantastic. <laughs> there are so many good games. <laughs> and it's the same audience <laughs> that the stores have. It's just that the yeah, the, yeah, the board yeah. game market is so much more mature in in Germany than in Sweden.
0: Oh yeah, it's the same over here. I mean, we there's a couple of bookstores that have started to stock um games over and above the kind of the normal Mass market stuff And it's getting there but there's still a long There's still a long long way to go Beyond the kind of the kind of the Specialist stores so um, Is there quite Is there quite a kind of a Even though you say commercially There's a long way to go is there quite a Thriving kind of board Games scene in Sweden I mean is there groups that you go to on a Regular basis or You know
1: Yes, it is thriving and it's growing and it's mm. it's getting better. Sweden has a mm, bit harder time than many other countries where people are living closer together. So, yeah, they, yeah. They, they, it takes a longer travel. So, uh, one of my brothers lives in Netherlands and uh, wow. Netherlands is roughly the same amount of people in, or, as Sweden uh, in a much smaller area. So, it's much easier to gather a a larger crowd without people Mm -hmm. having Mm -hmm. to travel as much and when you're closer to other countries you can travel and and get new ideas from Mm -hmm. other places and and it's easier to get access to more groups to play with and uh, we we have a uh, in sweden we are geographically challenged (laughs) in that way (laughs) <laughs> uh, but there are groups, there are groups in Gothenburg, there are groups in Stockholm, there are groups in, in Malmö, uh, yeah. they're very closely connected to Copenhagen, and th- those are the major areas, but they are mm, uh, weaker, I think, than in other countries, like the the, the scene for game designers in, in Copenhagen, for example, is fantastic, there are m- many active designers there and uh, the amount of testers that they can have access to is a lot bigger than any mm-hmm. anything I know of in Sweden. But there are smaller groups here and there, but uh, not, uh, not not huge yet. Uh, I, I do what I can <laughs> to try to help. Yeah, yeah So yeah. We, we have a, a Swedish convention, a Stockholm Table Talker, Top, Top Expo, that is trying to introduce some uh, industry sides to it uh, yeah, with my yeah. background uh, I, I can talk a lot to people and uh, help people along and uh, I try to do that with new designers as well try to help them and guide them and suggest w- who to work with and what to do at at this stage that the prototype is in right now uh, so I, I've been I, I worked with distribution I I tried my hand with publishing And uh-huh. I, uh, I Was an employee at BoardGameGeek As well, so I've been to all Sorts of... All You've parts, done everything all, all You've done everything industry, yeah. <laughs> I've had many hats in, in the industry You've had many hats
0: um, If people have listened Along tonight and they would Like to Keep an eye on you Where do you exist On Bo- the internet webs? Bo- we BoardGameGeek
1: is the best So if you subscribe to me on BoardGameGeek or if you want to talk to me, the easiest way to find me is just click on one of my games and Mm -hmm. uh, click at the designer there and you will find a way to send me a geek mail. And lots of people do Uh, every week and we'll get lots of mail through there from people either talking about games that I designed or just Mm -hmm. ask about... Anything that uh, that come to mind and uh, I get lots of, of discussions with publishers and other people in the industry there as well so the easiest way but for sure for me uh, is Bomique I have Twitter account uh, and stuff like that as well but I'm, i I use that mainly to to talk to others who have twitter accounts as well i i don't post a lot of stuff every day there so yeah you, you can find that through board game geek as well but yeah look okay. at one of my games on, on board game geek and you will find how to contact me
0: look at one of the games but also buy it
1: i would be very happy if you as try, well. play, play play games don't that just I'm look. Done,
0: so. press the button buy the game play the game say something nice about the game <laughs> If, I think that's that's the important
1: thing. If someone is interested in roll and write games, then uh, the easiest way to test my hex roller is through the app. The, it exists mm-hmm. both for Android and and iOS, and it's a very nice implementation. And it's, uh, I, I I think it's getting the expansion for free uh, as well uh, in it, and it's just about to be released. And uh, the Nations Dice game exists on on several websites to to play yeah. test uh, to, to play for free as well. And if you like that, then uh, you you should uh, should get the board game version too, because the, I don't think the Expansion for the, no, the unrest expansion for Nation's Dice game does not exist digital yet. And uh, so there you go. I, I, if you have played a but Nation's I, Dice game, then you should definitely play with the unrest expansion. If, if you're a really a gamer, it, it, it transforms what is mostly a family game into more of a gamer's game.
0: So, there you go, you've heard it here first. There you go. And what we'll do is we'll make sure we put all the links in the show notes. Fantastic. So that we've got notes to show um, Click on those links click on, click on, we want to see those fingers Click on those links Do you actually click see the those fingers
1: when someone is clicking on it? That is impressive technology
0: <laughs> It's the type of technology
1: we've got here It's
0: very very impressive um, <clears throat> If you want to keep an eye on what we're up to Go to the internet webs Search for We're Not Wizards And you'll find us <clears throat> And if you like what you've listened to tonight Tell someone else and if you like us a lot, go to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating or a review. And uh, don't give us 10 stars because it makes us big headed. But don't give us one star because it makes us cry. Give us something in the middle, like a five because it's average. I and mean, we're just a little bit average. But the person who's not been average tonight is the rather fun- wonderful, the rather fantastic Rustin Hackinson. Thank you very, very much for coming on, sir Thanks for having me I really, really appreciate it There is only um, There's two more things to do The first thing is to remember There were many things But we're not wizards Are we wizards, Rustan?
1: No Yes
0: Can you say that in Swedish? Can you say you're not a wizard in Swedish?
1: We are in the troll There
0: you go Fantastic and the second thing is to say goodbye. So it's a goodbye from Rustan. Say goodbye, Rustan. Hey, do. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a goodbye from me. Remember, stay safe. Roll sixes, make something awful. But until the next time, hey, do. Hey, do. A wizard is never late. Thank you.